one word that goes with complacency for me is the feeling of being saturated. And, and this goes to the, sort of the, the after lunch image that we had last time, where it was a, a physiological saturation. My stomach is full and I can't eat anything more. I need a bit of a nap to digest. But also saturated in terms of I have achieved what I wanted to achieve. Um, I have ticked all the boxes and therefore there isn't any anything else to explore anymore for me um, so i realized that this sort of this aspect of complacency that i would pitch the work and progress idea against is actually saturation or the feeling of being saturated and you know i've i've made my contribution i've done what i could and I, now I go to the pub and stay there. Something that I learned from an Italian colleague who at one point in time said, Rolf, do you remember what they put on the maps of the world in the 15th, 16th, 17th century when they knew broadly what the contours of a continent would look like, but they hadn't ventured into the continents. They didn't know what was in what was happening inside. And sometimes on the maps, they would just have it painted white and they would have Latin words, hic sunt leones, here are lions. <laughs> and some people might say, oh, there are lions, let's, better not go there. And other might, people might say, hmm, maybe they haven't even seen whether there are lines or not. Let, let's explore. Let's find out. So in other words, one statement read by many can lead to very different reactions and very different choices being made and actions being started. So, so those were the, the three words that came up for me when I when I listened again to um, our earlier conversation. So how does here are lions and that big scary white bordered space relate to that point in life, that midlife point where you are thinking what's next? Hmm. People can at this point in time in life can make a choice um, among a few options and they may not realize it. Um, one option is just to, to carry on along the path that they've prepared for themselves and just, you know, continue to do what maybe their family or their friends or their community or society expects of them. Or they can say, mm, maybe there are other options that I could have a look at and that I could evaluate and maybe just try. And if someone decides to do what their family, friends, community, society expect them to do, I would imagine there's less white space that they can discover 
or cover than if someone says, let's see what else is there. Is there white space? What could this white space look like? Is it really white space? Will it become clearer when I get closer? And then the image isn't any longer the image of white space. It's the image of driving down a country road in the fog. And from a distance, you see a gray wall of fog. And the closer you get, the more you see. Mm -hmm. And therefore, a question could be, do I want to know what, what hides in the fog? Am I going to be curious? Am I going to be interested? Or do I just stay away because I'm afraid of the fog? Because it's a dark valley and there are big dark trees and big mountains and I'm afraid of the fog because I, I don't know my way around. Can you give me a specific example for yourself to help make this move away from metaphor for a minute mm -hmm. so I can feel what that might look like in reality? Um, one example is when about more than 15 years ago, I decided to join a pharmaceutical company on their management team because they were looking for someone who was supposed to see the organization through a major restructure. And they wanted someone who knows the culture of the country in which this company operated, someone who um, wasn't connected to the past, therefore would clearly be seen as someone who could be part of the solution. And there wouldn't be anyone coming up saying this guy really is part of the problem because he's been here in the past and he's created the mess that we're in. And they wanted a someone where they said who isn't afraid of working with consultants and going through a restructure. And up until that point in time, I had never really worked in a proper restructure. So I knew the word, I had read about it, but I really honestly didn't have any experience at all in that space. But, but I knew that I wasn't afraid to work with consultants because I had worked in big consultancies uh, and I'd been a consultant before, so I knew what that looked like. And I knew that one thing that happens in this world is people throw questions at you that you haven't got an answer for, and then you go find the answer and develop it and maybe co-create it. But one of the things is don't don't be afraid and find a way. Uh, so I said, of course, I feel confident that I can do that. And that is probably the, the closest own experience that I can see that is this sort of white space, fog, not clear what hides inside the fog, uh, but going there and saying, okay, let's, let's see what that looks like.
What would be for you right now? Is there a white space in your world right now that you're wondering whether there's lines in it or not? There is a white space, yes. Um, the white space is uh, around the question of how can I have more of an impact with more people without necessarily being in a conversation myself at this point in time. So I have seen over the past years that in a one-to-one -one conversation or in a conversation with a team, um, I usually find ways of having an impact that people find positive and useful and that makes sense and that helps them and supports them and strengthens them and you know, provides all kinds of benefit that people might be looking for. And I realize like everyone else, I can only be in one place at one time. Speaking of presence that we mm -hmm. uh, addressed last time we spoke, and an element of impact is presence. So what I'm trying to find out is what are the options that I have and that I can use and that work for me um, to reach more people than just those that I'm immediately in conversation with. And what are the, some of the ideas that are coming to you when you think about that? Well, I suppose one of the ideas is the idea that sparked this whole podcast <laughs> uh, as, as one, one element. Another idea that I've started to put in place is uh, a number of um, webinars organized with others uh, in order to reach a number of people at one point in time, but also things being recorded so that they can be viewed um, at different points in time by, by more people. Um, something that also can serve as a, um, as, a, as a reference for those who say, who is this guy and could this be interesting to be in conversation with him? Let's you know, let, let's have a look at these and, and see this person in, in, in action. Um, and um, a, th a third one, I suppose, rather obviously, would be um, to say there is this good old concept of a book that might at one point in time be uh, an interesting option. So, so those could be ways of, you know, reaching, reaching more people um, and, and, and uh, at the same time. So for anyone listening who's wondering what their white spaces are, um, we spoke a while back about the, one of the first steps in work in progress is working out what your emotional needs are because mm. you talked about emotion being energy in motion, that lovely right. quote. So I'm wondering, as you talk about your white space being, how do I reach more people? Mm -hmm. what's the emotional need do you think that sits underneath you deciding that's what you need at this point in your life to move forward? Not, not sure whether it's an emotional need, but there's certainly an element of wanting to be connected with others. Um, 
so a sense of connection again i'm not sure whether that's um, an emotion uh, or whether people would define that as an emotion but clearly it is something that that would be would be important and you could also call it sense of belonging um, so one of those um, fundamental human needs um, but there's something else um, there is um, uh, a connection to uh, an idea that a a, a significant number of people that I speak with confirm that um, I usually have some good ideas on a number of things. So I would want to share those ideas so that people can evaluate for themselves. Is this something that I would like to pick up on? Is this something that I might find uh, inspiring? Um, and to me, inspiring means there is, uh, there is energy, there is something um, positive connected to that. There is a sense of uh, experimentation. There is a sense of uh, possibility. There is a sense of uh, curiosity. Um, there is a sense of growth. So that would be uplifting, uh, energizing. I see people laughing a lot more than I see people frowning. I see people working together, supporting one another, smiling more than being angry. So the number of positive emotions is clearly much higher than the number of negative emotions. I, I don't see anger. I don't see greed. But, but I do see togetherness. I do see people supporting one another, cheering one another up. So I think that's, again, not sure whether these are, you know, proper, proper emotions, but, but that's what, what comes to mind. Yeah, I am. Um, whether they're emotional needs or not, when you talk about connection, which sits underneath everything that you've just spoken about, it's certainly something that's come up in pretty much every conversation you and I have ever had, whether it's around creativity, whether it's a, around sort of just doing the business accounts, everything for you centers around or, or has energy underneath it if there's connection with another person involved. Yeah. And things that involve you sitting down by yourself doing things there's not usually so much energy present. Now that might be completely opposite for somebody else. I mean, for myself, for example, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I love to sit by myself and get huge amounts of energy from that reflective process. But with you, connection with other human beings has a lot more immediate energy. It's like, you know, the sort of the, the glucose immediate mm -hmm. usable energy. So, so we are back to finding out, as you want to make a transition in your life, we're back to finding out what are those, whether you call them emotional needs or drivers or whatever the word is you want to use, what are the things that give you energy? Because they can carry you much further. Above and beyond all of these ideas of connection and belonging, it is certainly an idea it sometimes gets qualified as uh, making a positive impact on the world. And, and that can be a very grandiose statement and it can be a very empty statement. 
what, what does it mean for me when, when I when I sit here in conversation with you right behind the screen that I look at is a collection of photos of our family and most of these are from 2011 actually because that's my wife did a you know a poster with a number of photos uh, from that year so I see both my wife and I being younger and I see our children being younger and I compare those images to what we all look like today and obviously the, the change has been much more visible for our children than for my wife and I. Essentially the, the change for my wife and I is a bit of a change in the color of hair and that's about it. Uh, maybe a few more wrinkles but but that's fine but for, for our children there's been a lot more change and my thinking is that we have a possibility of having an impact on what that change and what the development looks like. And I, I don't want to leave it to someone else. I don't want to leave it to luck or bad luck or happenstance or what happens. I want to have a try and have an impact in, in, in the way possible. I know that we can't control everything and I don't, by all means I don't want to control everything, but when I have a choice of being in, in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat, I know for sure that I prefer to be in the driver's seat. And as a result, I would want to share that, that idea. I would want to share that, uh, that energy and encourage others to either be in the driver's seat as often as possible or be in the driver's seat more often than possible, because then there's less room to complain about what others did to us and what happened to us. Um, because if we're in a driver's seat, um, we pretty much determine where we're going. Yeah. Yes, of course, we have the conditions of the road ahead of us. And we may have weather conditions and it may be a new road, it may be a gravel road, it may be a, a single lane thing. Uh, so yes, of course, we have to pay attention to those conditions at the same time, uh, being in the driver's seat gives us more possibility than being um, in the passenger seat. Um, and it's nowadays we don't do that anymore, but in the old days, we might have pulled out a map and say, where are we? Where do we want to go? And how do we get there? And what are the options? Uh, do I want to take the, the long and winding road or do I want to take the scenic road or what are the options that I have or is it really just to try and cover the distance between where I am and where I want to be in as little as time as possible and then I take uh, the motorway if available. Um, so I think that's, that's, a, that's a choice that I hope to be able to make uh, as often as possible. And then I find it very interesting to either discover what are the other options of getting from A to B, what the roads that other people have prepared, and maybe they haven't even prepared these roads for the purpose of me going from A to B. They, they have been there before, and um, so there are different things to be curious about along, along the way. 
And then we all know there are moments where really there is that white space and we don't know how we're going to get there. Someone says, here's a project. I'd like to assign you to this project. I know what I want the result to look like, but to be completely honest, I haven't got the faintest idea how to get there. But I what know that you can call find upon it. in that moment. What do you call upon within yourself in that moment? Well, I certainly, I certainly ask, uh, is this uh, possible or is this stupid? Um, so I, I want to have an, an initial sense of, um, of, of sort of possibility. And after that, um, uh, I want to explore, uh, I want to be curious, uh, I want to put that challenge out to myself of saying, okay, how do we do this? Um, I'm currently involved in a project where um, we know that we can do what the client asks us to do. And because I know that we can do this, I know what I can ask others to contribute and how to contribute. And I don't know the answers, but I know the questions mm -hmm. that I have to ask. And being a coach, that means that I have my toolbox ready because if I, if I know the questions I have to ask, I'm in a good place. If I know whom to ask these questions of, I'm in a much better place. And never have confidence that those people that I ask these questions of are probably going to find good answers. I mean, that's bliss. So having your toolbox, whatever it is for each of us individually would, would have different tools within it, but, but using that as you walk into the white space as the thing that allows you to go in there and then see what happens. That's, that's pretty much what it, what it looks like. So for you, the main tool is, I know how to ask questions. That's one. Uh -huh. I know how to build an idea whether someone could be up for a particular project and would be willing and able to contribute. Mm -hmm. For pretty obvious reasons, um, I look more at attitude than skills because we can all learn skills, but learning an attitude is a lot more difficult. In other words, I believe that the, actually I'm pretty convinced that those, those sort of 15 years in this executive development space have given me a good ability to spot the attitude that people bring into a conversation, into a piece of work. And after that, I know that, you know, no need to worry about the skills because they can, they can all be developed. Obviously, the good news is that we usually aren't fighting fires. So even if some new skills have to be built, we normally have the time to do that. Yeah. Maybe a bit time compressed. It may lead to 12-hour days. It may lead to working over the weekend. But as long as it doesn't happen every day and every weekend, I'm sort of pretty fine about that. Mm -hmm. um, well, you were talking about the maps and how you like to sort of check it. I was thinking back to a conversation we had where you spoke about presence and that presence for you was around checking where are we at? You know, wh mm. Where am I? Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and so it seems this, this 
thing of checking on a map, where am I and now what are the different options I have is, is, a, is a little tool that you use to recalibrate and find it useful. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. It helps going back to, to one of our other conversations um, where we had this idea of the, the track and field competition where there is this, this white line that people line up behind before uh, they start running. Um, it's like uh, designing what does the, the field of play look like? Um, where are we? Uh, what's our starting line? And how do we align our intentions and resources and activities to get where we'd like to be? And, you know, first of all, do, do we know where we'd like to go? And are we all emotionally positive about mm. where we're going to go? Mm. Because if we are emotionally positive about where we're going to go, uh, the rest is a lot easier. That goes back to something that we can probably explore in one of our future conversations, the intentional change theory by Richard Boyatzis, who talks a lot about that, this idea of positive emotional attractors being a key element for lasting successful change. And if that happens uh, on a project team, it is a great foundation for alignment. And as we all know, um, they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And knowing where we want to go, making the results that we want to achieve positively, emotionally attractive, creates that foundation, that energy for starting to move and getting to where we'd like to go, but also creating sufficient alignment so that we support one another as opposed to being a burden to one another. So when you're looking at your map, it sounds to me like you would rather choose the option that allows you to go far with other people than the motorway. Definitely. Most of the time. Mm, Definitely. There may be few occasions where going fast is a good thing, but mostly I find more joy in going in going far with others. And that may not be the case for everybody. No. But for you, knowing that helps, I guess, with decision making. In it's, terms of it's a like, for, for me for me most of the time situation. And therefore, I know that others others may look at this differently, and there may be moments during which I look at this differently and say, no, 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 I'm not interested in waiting for others. I'm not interested in going together with others. I'm interested in going there quickly, and, and that's fine. But it's like, um, you know, 80-20. Yeah. But it's a useful tool I would for say any so. period of transition, yeah. yeah.